Hey, it's Richie from the High Performance Artist Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. This series is called The Mental Game of Creativity. It's based on a book called The Mental Game of Writing by James Scott Bell. And I'm just sharing my thoughts, sharing my notes. Uh, this was a really cool book for me personally because it helped me get out of my artistic rut and it gave me a lot of creative ideas to hit the ground running again stronger and better than ever so we have gone over a couple things if you've been listening this is going to be all about um some things that maybe you've heard before maybe you've never heard before the we've gone over decisions the type of artist or the type of creative you want to be what does it take to be successful how do you actually make goals and speaking of goals that's actually what we're going to be talking about today when we're talking about what it looks like to make a goal and keep those goals in check so that you know that you're improving as a creative person due to i think how subjective uh creating something is or just you know anything to do with your passion your art your craft I think it's hard for people to know, or most of all for you to know, when you're improving. Uh, I think, at least for me, I didn't quite see a lot of change in my artwork when it came to uh, getting better. Uh, I think one day I just realized, oh, okay, this doesn't look that bad. (laughs) I think that's kind of the point where we're saying to ourselves, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not as bad as I thought. It's just that point where you say, yeah this this artwork is okay or you know this this video that i shot isn't half bad um i i look at my old work sometimes and i think and it it of course is a little bit of a comparison i think i could have improved a bit more i think i could have improved faster but i didn't know how to kind of check my own pace i didn't know you know like when you're when you're talking about uh runners making times they know how long it takes them to do each lap. And so every time they shave off half a second or they shave off a second, they know, okay, I'm improving. My lap times are improving. I'm getting faster. I'm getting stronger. How do you actually start to do that within your own work? That's what we're going to be talking about. So in this chapter, I wrote down basically the step-by-step guide. I'm going to be sharing it with you here. The first thing that James says here is to write down very specific goal and basic steps to get to them that you can control and then you're going to be choosing the top goals for each area of your life and that doesn't mean you actually toss the other ones out what i think he's saying here is that if you want to get to a particular place in your craft there there has to be a specific area of that craft that you want to work on i think the mistake that i made was the only thing i said to myself was i just want to get better i just want to improve i just want to get closer to my dream of being quote unquote a great illustrator right and so what i think he's saying is okay in the realm of illustrating you can break things down into different parts you know, every good illustration 
or every, every illustration that's out there that serves the purpose of communicating an idea has particular things that it adheres to and particular things that I think the creator understands how to communicate. So the shapes, the composition, the colors, maybe if you draw uh, creatures and animals and human beings, it would be anatomy, all these different things. And then even within those things, you can break them down even more. So the first point I think is getting to, okay, well, within my craft, what areas of my craft can I start to break things down? Like where, where can I start to break things down? Where can I start to categorize the different areas of my craft? If you're doing videography, you know, um, composition is a part of, of that categorization. Visual dynamism, color grading, editing, um, understanding all the different parts of the camera and the workflow when it comes to shooting something to delivering the final product that you'll be happy with. Um, and the second thing that he says, point two, is to record the goals and to write them in a place where you're going to see and interact with them frequently. And he also mentions that prioritization is important here and not to get overwhelmed. Um, I in my world of you know illustration where I do spend you know part of my time in terms of a hobby, I think I think recording the goal and writing them where I can see it would maybe look like I, I can't quite imagine how I would do that. Like would I say you know get better at drawing hands and kind of stick that on my bathroom mirror? I don't know. That wouldn't be very effective for me personally. I think for me, that would more look like, all right, you know, this month, I'm going to work on just drawing hands exclusively. Um, I think to me, it, it sounds more like challenges. And that's where I would, <clears throat> I would put the emphasis in terms of recording a goal. It would be, how, what kind of challenges can I put myself through so that when I finish the challenge... When I finish it, I'm going through it and I'm, you know, almost suffering and I'm getting better and I'm doing it in different ways and all these different things. When I'm done, how can I get better at that thing? So for me, 30-day drawing hands challenge. That's kind of what I would do. The next point, make plans for your goals. And he definitely drew out something that was really important. And it says a plan means a deadline and a process, which comes so he's saying basically to have a frequent check so that you know how close you are to each milestone and i think again the challenge really covers that you know if you're shooting a video um you know when i actually look at uh, photography instagrams people who take photographs and i look at their instagrams they have different sections for like every six photos is a different color right so that three by three grid is all yellows and the other three by three grid is all blues. I think that would be a cool challenge. Like, can I actually stick to this type of restriction? And I think challenges should restrict you in a way because, you know, a ton of great work always comes from restricting yourself. Can I make good artwork when I only use two or three colors? Um, can I do it when I use opposing colors? All these different things, all these different restrictions, I think really helps to 
strengthen different areas of your creativity. Um, you know, can I shoot a short film in just black and white and make it look good? You know, <laughs> there's so many interesting things that you can do and um, stuff that you can do to stretch yourself. The fourth point, take action every day. Do something, anything that moves you towards a goal. You're going to have days where things don't go right. And on days where, you know, your activity might be limited, find just one thing that will be a step forward. So maybe you can notice the colors, the shapes, the expressions. Um, maybe you can break down the shapes. Maybe you can start drawing in your mind. Maybe you can make some stories or write some stories, but you can do something. That was actually some of my notes that I was going in there as I was reading it. Um, referencing back to um, an artist that I look up to, Kim Jong-gi. He says he draws in his mind a lot, and I think that helps. Uh, and it also reminds me of something Michael Jordan said that he said he shot two times more free throws than he ever did in real life. So, for instance, if in real life he took um, 3,000 free throws, which he probably did way more than that in terms of practice, if he did that for an hour, right, just shooting free throws and he's practicing, he would spend two hours shooting free throws in his head, which is, you know, just insane. <laughs> and it, it kind of feels like some of the best people always do things that are extremely unconventional. And, you know, I think I'd, I would just encourage you to think, how can you keep attacking your craft from maybe some angles that you probably haven't thought about before? Another thing he says, he says, uh, study, learn and grow in your goal areas. The best way to predict the future is to create it and have a minimum per week that you're going to be studying something in an area that you're unfamiliar with and study other artists if you're able to. Uh, that's something that I would love to start doing in my work and something that I would super highly encourage and maybe you can find a group of people that are willing to come together to study a particular artist uh, maybe everybody might want to start looking at artists that use um, a wide variety of colors in their work. Um, my stuff tends to be really simple. And so whenever I see somebody who has a lot of stuff, a lot of moving pieces in their illustrations, in my head I'm thinking, wow, this person is so awesome. How do they handle all these different pieces and mechanics and tying the colors together and making it not look messy and jumbly? That's kind of the stuff where, for me, that type of challenge reaches out to me and grabs me. Whereas if somebody says, you know, a minimalist challenge, that also grabs me as well. But in my head, maybe I want to be a little bit more structured in the work that I do. So I don't want to be an artist that does complicated stuff. But even the things that I draw now, I want to still be able to manage more elements and that's definitely stretching me in that way that I want to do. And I'm definitely going to encourage you, like, if there is a artist, if there is a, a person out there that does things in a way that really grabs you, it might help to take some of their work and copy it. And you might be thinking, what? Copy? I don't, I don't copy. How, how dare you say I should copy? But it's not that you're copying it to say, oh, well, I did this and, you know, this is my work and I'm amazing and please worship me. All right, of course not. But, <laughs> you know, you're trying to, in a way, 
absorb some of the knowledge that that person has on the page uh, into you. I personally believe that when you copy somebody's work, it's almost like you're doing an apprenticeship with that artist. Um, if you copy a lot of you know Da Vinci's work and draw over some of his drawings, you know it's almost as if you're stepping into his mind. Um, which was an amazing mind, by the way, for him to be so curious about the human body and how it functioned. And if I remember correctly, he was one of the first to uh, document and diagram what it looks like uh, inside the womb for a baby. I, I, th I think at that point in time, they hadn't had a detailed illustration of what that looks like. And his insane curiosity with the human body and the muscles and the proportions. I think, personally, artists in general, we really have to be intelligent people. And we have to sort of live in the this kind of world of wanting to know more and being curious about what's behind the curtain. And I'm not trying to put anyone in a, well, you're not a true artist if you don't do it like this. But I think creating intelligent art and creating art that is a cut above the rest requires you to go deeper. And if you find that your artwork maybe isn't moving people in the way that you thought, it might help to maybe study more about people's emotions and study more about how people operate. Um, there's some shows that I watch where it it's such an emotionally rich story. And I sometimes think to myself, like, I would love to talk to this person because you cannot create something that emotionally rich without being someone who... Uh, either feels or experiencing experiences things very deeply. It just doesn't happen. And so that is something that I really want to impress upon you. Um, you know, see where you might want to actually go in terms of your goals, in terms of your creative goals. I would say um, maybe find somebody that really resonates with you copy their work i keep going between <laughs> cinematography and illustration it's two things that i'm very very passionate about and animation uh get some get some animated works get some illustrations get some famous films that you like or whatever your craft is um if you're a pianist if you like to play guitar uh you know how can you start to copy people that you like? Because it's not about taking it or stealing it. It's downloading that information into your brain and into your subconscious so that your own mind can start to add those flavors, add those colors into your own work, right? Because I don't think there's really many artists out there that get joy from copying people. Like we're, we're very unique individuals we like to think that we're unique right <laughs> so um sometimes even taking the time to copy something doesn't appeal to us but i think it's one of those 
necessary pains that we should go through because once you're done you you really do have a powerful new set of skills that you almost could never learn anywhere else unless somehow you can raise Leonardo da Vinci from the dead um, if you can reach out to me because that's really cool and I'd love to ask him a couple questions but apart from that that's going to be the end of this podcast I hope you learned something and the next episode is going to be about your readership now obviously if unless you actually write novels readership is going to apply to you but what this next segment is going to be talking about is how do you provide value to your audience so as artists we are i don't know how to really word it but in a way as creative people we are entertainers um, and it doesn't matter what you do. In a way, like we have to grab the eye. We have to hold attention. We have to take people on journeys in a way. And that kind of translates into the business world as well. If you want to sell something, there is going to be a connection between who's buying your product and the product that the buyer is interacting with. And if those two things don't come together, well, you're not going to make any money. I think it's the same thing with artists. There is a connection between the artwork that you make and the people that happen to experience that artwork um, and the people that through engaging with your artwork, you're taking them on some kind of journey. Now, the journey might last the three or the four seconds that it takes to look at something you painted or drew or or. It might be longer, maybe like the hour and a half that it, somebody might be sitting through a film that you shot. But in a way, artists have to be, I think so. This is my personal opinion. I think really good creative people are students and always trying to master the art of attention and how to keep people's attention and how to get into people's minds and have them imagining things on a level where it brings them joy or it makes them scared or it makes them sad or it makes them excited you know i that's what i think i and i think as you start to mature as a creative person you start to seek out more material on how to create your work in more rich and deep ways so that when people interact with it even if it's just or not just, but even if people interact with your artwork multiple times, it serves so many different purposes every single time they go through. I mean, how many times have you watched a film and every single time you watch it, it's like, oh, I didn't see that part. Oh, wow, that's so cool. I didn't realize that, you know, this part of the first section of the movie connected with this part in the third act. Oh, my God, this is so cool. This person's a genius. And I don't think it's because they're a genius. I think it's just because, you know, they have made it a priority to make sure that their work can be enjoyed more than one time. And to do that, you really have to put so much effort and so much thought into what you do. You know, think of illustrations where it almost forces you to bring that work closer to your face because there's so many intricate details or... Even simpler works where when you look at it, you want to stay in the moment of that drawing. And that's where I'm going to leave you today. 
a little thought bite for you to you know take on today and i hope today really works out for you and maybe something really clicks in your subconscious today it's me richie bailey high performance artist podcast and i'll talk to you real soon